podcast. I'm really excited to put this episode out. This is my interview with filmmaker Tom Ford. I'll spare a long list of praises I could heap on him right now, but suffice it to say that he is a really awesome guy. Um, Met him while I was putting together our film night we did a couple months back. Not only did he send us three really high-quality submissions, but he uh, arranged to fly out from L.A. to Dallas just to attend our one-night thing, and then sat down with me the next day to talk about his transition into filmmaking and how to get started and all that kind of good stuff. So this was recorded in the lobby of his hotel right before he flew back to L.A. Um, If you'll excuse the quality, it's my first time using the field recorder, and I uh, managed to come down with a little bit of a cold right beforehand, but hopefully that won't detract too much. Let's get into it. Enjoy. Well, like I was saying, I'm, a, I'm an old guy, and I'm not supposed to change careers at 55. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, the people that think like that never really do anything different. And, you know, all my life I've been in the, I guess, visual arts creative field. Right. And... Uh, I've done basically whatever I wanted to just because, well, I figured that was a good enough reason right there. Right. So, I may have entered things, you know, ignorance is bliss kind of an attitude or without the proper education, but, uh, you know, life is a growing and learning experience, so. Mm -hmm. I've been a photographer for a long time, Uh, more or less uh, started out as an artistic director, art director. And advertising, which you uh, design, layout, concepts, uh, imagery for advertising, right. or whatever your specified field is. Then you work with a photographer to bring those images to life. So that's how I got into photography, basically watching other people create my ideas, you know, in film. Hmm. And then with the advent of digital, which uh, really opens it up uh, to everybody because of the affordability, you know. You no longer have to worry about the cost of film and processing. Right. Well, the same thing's happening now with video. Uh, it's very expensive to shoot film with mm-hmm. 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter. Uh, not even just considering the equipment, but you know, just the cost of processing. Right. Plus the limitations. So it's all opened up now. It's digital. You've got a computer. You can. You can edit and do effects that would uh, you know, cost tens of thousands of dollars and take weeks and weeks and weeks, right. just a few years ago. So this still photographer got into motion pictures pretty much uh, by accident. A friend uh, said, man, I need something for my reel. Okay. I said, well, I'll shoot something for you. And I borrowed a camera and we made our short. Uh-huh. Um, and like I mentioned at the festival, I was inspired more by some of the less than perfect work that I saw, Mm -hmm. rather than those who excelled in the industry. Uh, Because they're the ones that, you know, convinced me, well, I could shoot something at least that good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we wrote a little short, and we shot it over a weekend on a borrowed camera. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty much hooked immediately in, in motion pictures because, you know, I enjoyed so much bringing those visual visual concepts to life and still photography and there's so much more to it in motion pictures but the shift is you no longer can work by yourself right and uh, 
it's a community effort. It's a true takes a village kind of project, uh, shooting a movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, you learn that immediately because uh, the smaller your production, which translates to, you know, our first film is always borrowed camera, zero budget. <laughs> right. Uh, friends who might not be our friends after the production, but they're our mm -hmm. friends right now, so they'll volunteer. Right. And you do what you can, and you wear many hats. Mm -hmm. It's it's very common for the director to be the writer, to be the shooter, to right. be the editor. Uh, the truth is, any one of those are going to suffer because, you know, your mind is split between them. Mm -hmm. There's very few people that can really get their head around all that, and right. the more complex the project then you know the more complex the problems with it but that's how we start out which gives us a, a good grasp and a good understanding of what we're about to get into and mm -hmm. it's vast it's complicated but it's exciting and it's it's rewarding mm -hmm. uh, it's rewarding when it's done right it's rewarding when it's you know less than what you expected yeah. I can only imagine I mean I have kind of play that role with you know the charity where I have to you know, record the podcast and recruit the people and update the website and put out the advertising and even that small scale is pretty complicated. I can't imagine all the other stuff you have to think about if you're filming. Yeah, because the world is, uh, has been, you know, evolved into a, all the processes that, that move industry and marketing have become specialized fields. Mm -hmm. So everyone is a specialist at something. When you have to do bits and pieces of it all, you're like, you know your competition are specialists uh -huh. uh, so you really I mean you have to realize yourself from what you've done you start getting into it and you think wow I could spend my entire day just learning this and then keeping up with the advances of this one little piece of technology yeah how am I ever gonna do the rest well, that's, right that's the con I mean editing uh, I got into editing probably just like you know a large percentage of the editors, uh, it was it was iMovie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, easy, anyone can do it. Sure, for a ten-minute film or less. And after <laughs> you know ten minutes, I, I iMovie gets a little retarded. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't want to work. Right. Plus, and this might be by design because you know Apple's very intelligent. Mm -hmm. They tease you with the possibilities mm -hmm. and get you so far, and right to where you, right to the point where you want it, gotta have it. And then it said, well, you know, I really can't do that. Right. So it, it pushes you into their higher-end products, Final mm -hmm. Cut, or if you go Avid or whatever, you know, which right. isn't an Apple product. But, uh, so, you know, iMovie pushed me into Final Cut. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Final Cut's pushing me into motion. And, uh, you know, there's just a, I could spend my life learning the new technology yeah. and then keeping up with it. So my next project... Is going to be. Uh, well, I have two two feature film trailers I need to shoot, uh -huh. and actually I'm not going to shoot them. I'm going to direct them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's I'm going to work with a real production team, and uh, I'm both delighted and, and frightened by that uh -huh. prospect because I'm going to be, uh, you know, putting both feet in all of a sudden with some specialists, mm -hmm. and so I'm going to have to at least convince with people around me that I'm a specialist at what I'm doing mm -hmm. when I'm really, you know, first-timer. Now, the production company, uh, Swimming Wings, is fully aware of my work history, my experience. Right. 
but uh, they've seen something in my ability. And, and that's the, the wonderful virtue of independent film, mm -hmm. uh, where a studio might never look at you. Right. Uh, an independent uh, film company is going to look at your, your potential maybe more than anything else. And uh, we're working with a lot of very talented people. Choices, uh, the short I just finished editing, I guess March 16th, Mm -hmm. uh, is in Cannes, mm -hmm. and uh, there were a lot of people involved in that film that were first-timers. Yeah. Uh, the director, Michael J. Kirkland, that was, uh, if not the first film he directed, it's, it's one of his first. Right. And uh, one of the, the actors in it, uh, Gene Loveland, uh, he's the doctor with the, mm -hmm. the issues in the film. Right, right. He is a doctor. Oh really? Yeah, he's not an actor, but now he's an actor, and he's he's cast in uh, a couple of you know real Hollywood features wow. now because of this stepping stone yeah. that this one little film was. So never underestimate the ability of doing something. Mm -hmm. uh, don't you know the people that say, well, you know, I can't do it, or worse, the ones that say, well, even if I can do it, what's ever going to come of it? Mm -hmm. You know, if you let that stop you. Um, then you're already, you know, you're at the gate and you turned around and went the other way. You, right. you didn't even start the race. So make it, get it out there. Um, I've had things found on YouTube mm -hmm. by people that just surprised me. I had a an actor in Hollywood call me about a year ago. Uh, out of the blue, I say call, but the phones of today, email. <laughs> right. And uh, he's like, hey, I saw your film on YouTube, you're short, uh, I'm, let's make a feature out of this, mm -hmm. I can get you $300,000, you know, and I'm, I'm like, wow, <laughs> yeah. I could make a feature with $30,000, give me $300,000. Yeah. Well, he might have been full hot air, it turns <laughs> out. He was more interested in becoming a producer right? and, uh, you know, getting, a, I guess, a credit for that. But what, what it did tell me was, you know, you can be seen. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was actually for the stray, the short. Mm -hmm. So that's what in, encouraged me to write the feature. Right. So I wrote the feature, and I worked with this man, and it seemed more and more he wanted money up front to bring money in. Gotcha. And I always stray away from offers like that. <laughs> right. And but you know, so I could have been disillusioned. I could have said, "Wow, you know, I fell for that." But instead, I thought, "No." <coughs> We have a feature product here. Let's mm -hmm. put it out there. Yeah. And then another production company saw it, yeah. and they were for real. Mm -hmm. So you you never know where it's going to come from and uh, how it's going to happen. And uh, so doing is the secret. And uh, I shot a documentary of a musician. It's something I guess you you aired last night. Uh huh. And his motto was, "You are what you do." Mm -hmm. Well. He taught me that while I was <laughs> shooting the interview, and you know, you can say anything, but you are what you do, mm -hmm. and uh, more or less, you'll never be anything uh, because of what you won't do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what you're you're willing to do. So, and, and right. I think another thing he said in that documentary was, uh, in his own experience, when people would call him up and say, "Hey, can you do this?" He'd say, "Yes." Yeah. And can you do that? And he'd say, "Yes." And he'd go out and buy what he needed and find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what moved his career along. 
Yeah, and his and end credits. He had an amazing mean, career. If you saw, yeah, they definitely I, support that. He just says yes. Yes, mm -hmm. and and uh, so that you know sunk into me. Just say yes. So I have some wonderful opportunities. I'm going to do the the trailers for Mission SOP, which mm -hmm. is the Christmas film, uh, which is really scheduled to be you know in theaters for Christmas this year. Mm -hmm. It's like a Home Alone type film, uh, and. Spicosis, which is you know solidly backed with funding already and a whole cast of stars, which probably will go into production very soon. Now, I'm pretty damn sure that <laughs> these trailers are tests, mm -hmm. and if I do a, a good job mm -hmm. and prove myself capable, that you know this production company has 15 films lined up now. So there'll be, uh, you know, directing roles mm -hmm. for me in some of these films. I know I'll be directing The Stray, right? Because that's what they they've, uh, you know, said all along. And we're working on the script right now. We're on the second rewrite. It's a very, um, I guess, formulated process. Mm -hmm. And we will go through seven rewrites of the yeah. script. And what we're going to do is, there's a formula in Hollywood. That has worked for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it's not to dampen, confine, or restrict the creative process. Your creative process in, in your writing can still go wherever it wants to go, wherever it needs to go. And if you have a story that's going to reach a broad audience, there's just a formula for time right. that, is, that works. Uh, there's a handful of directors, you know, Ridley Scott, Tarantino, mm -hmm. Cameron, that can, you know, call their own shots on everything, right. and they've earned that respect. Uh -huh. But the, the rest of the writers and directors, you know, if they're going to get into a commercial effort, then investors, people are bringing the money into the project, are want are going to want to see some assurances. And these formulas have, have proven over, you know, 30 years or more to be great assurances. Mm -hmm. So you're going to fit these formulas, and... Uh, You'll be surprised what it does for your film. We yeah. even use that formula in shorts. It's uh, you know a percentage of the way through the film at ten percent. This needs to happen. Twenty-five percent. This needs to happen. You know, and by seventy-two percent, you know, yeah. everything's gone to hell. Yeah. And then it's going to either come back or go over the edge. So we're working, you know, with people that know what they're doing, and I'm learning every day. I'm very excited. I'm very yeah. thrilled to be in it, but I'm also, you know, feeling overwhelmed, but mm -hmm. not in a desperate way, not like I've been, you know, hung out to dry or abandoned. I'm, I'm put in a field of, you know, very talented craftsmen, artists, actors, and production people. Producing is a talent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To be able to manage that much information, that many people, and that much funding. Right. Uh, is an amazing talent to me, and thank God for producers because <laughs> my creative mind doesn't excel in that area. Yeah, you don't want to bog that part of your brain down with numbers right. and schedules and everything. And then they become the, I guess, the, the orchestra leader, mm -hmm. the conductor. And uh, when you're working with creative people, then you're also working with uh, certain sensitivities, mm -hmm. sensibilities, egos. Right. And it is a talent to keep everyone working efficiently. I think Clint Eastwood's 
studio is probably the most efficient right now at getting on a feature. Mm -hmm. 18 months. Uh, and efficiency translates into, you know, costing less and, uh, you know, creating a, a viable product. Right. And then, now George Clooney has vowed to beat it, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to create a more efficient model. Gabe Schmidt with Swimming Wings Production, who is just like they just celebrated their first anniversary a week ago. He's he's vowed to be George Clooney's model. <laughs> All right. And the way we're going to do that, we're going to set up a system of uh, producing shorts mm -hmm. in uh, 45 days, uh, from concept mm -hmm. to you know final cut, uh, and test that, and then expand it in, into whatever many months it's going to take for features. Mm -hmm. The uh, short market is really growing, and this is very important to put, you know, up-and-coming filmmakers, because so many times the, the, the only thing you can imagine yourself attempting or biting off is a short. Mm -hmm. Well, iTunes and, and similar digital media marketing campaigns that, that bring digital media to people. Mm -hmm. uh, have created a, a great niche for shorts. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone in the world is, is doing too many things today and on the go and don't, short attention spans really don't have time to sit there in between meetings and, and watch a two-hour feature on your on your uh, smartphone. Right. But you, you might can very easily get in one or two 10-minute shorts, 15-minute short. So there's, there's a market that has risen in Europe already for shorts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you know, two ninety nine. You download a short, yeah. and you watch it. And it's taken hold in, in America right now. Mm -hmm. And one of our shorts uh, that we just completed it, that got picked up in a festival, and uh, a London marketer has already said, you know, I want to market that. Yeah. So, boom, there's distribution from a short, mm -hmm. something that is, you know, well within the realm of what. Just a you know handful of friends can do right, and uh, so there's potential. You get some uh, visibility, you get some money, and you go on to something bigger. Right. And that's the stepping stones that take you into you know making feature films. Right. Sometimes you get to skip a few stones <laughs> and jump from one to the other. I was very lucky here, and, and other times, you know maybe you have to take a few steps backwards just to get a step forward, but. <coughs> The whole point again is just getting out there and doing it. Right. So yeah, I think a really good piece of advice that I got, you know, in a completely different context, but still holds true, is that if you're doing good work, somebody's going to notice. So even if you are, you know, maybe talking to a vacuum for a while, if what you're doing is worthwhile and people want more of it, someone's going to find it, and somehow you'll get. That notice. Yeah, you'll get noticed. I, I believe that's true, and, and I hear a lot of complaints, <coughs> and I've heard the same reasoning in complaints, you know, for the last 20 years, but the complaint is, well, anybody and their grandmother can shoot a movie today because, mm -hmm. you know, a DSLR will shoot an excellent image, and you can do your own sound, and everybody's got editing on their computer, so there's just so much out there, so much competition. How can I ever be seen? Mm -hmm. Well, we went through that with uh, in the 80s with... Um, what they call it? Word processing programs, mm -hmm. um, PageMaker. You know, you, you, it required a magazine layout, required typesetting, and 
blah blah blah. Right. All of a sudden, everybody is a desktop composer for this, and and you know the same complaint came. Now, how do I do this? Because everybody can do it. You know. Right. Well, yeah, it floods it floods the market with a lot of crap. Right. But you know what? The dullness of the crap makes the brilliance of the excellent work. Mm -hmm. You know, shine even brighter. Exactly. Happened again with digital photography. You know, everybody became a photographer, and you know the market was flooded again. But the excellent work always stands out. The same thing is true with film. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's an immense amount of work flooding into the film market right now, mm -hmm. and uh, the brilliance is going to shine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be seen, and uh, even. When you go to a film festival and you see a handful of films that are obviously somebody's first or second, yeah, you can see within them, you know, where where the talent is. Mm -hmm. you, know, you may watch a twenty-minute film, and, and eighteen of it may be hard to watch, but you know, there may be that glimpse within that. Wow, look at that! Look at the look at the composition of that shot. That that whoever was DPing that mm -hmm. has an eye or. Now there's a clever twist, you know, that's a good writer. Mm -hmm. you know, things come through and yeah, these are people teething in, in the process of, of, you know, becoming mature with their skills and, and uh, I, I love film festivals for that. I like to, I like to watch and, and be inspired and be freshened up by mm -hmm. what's coming. Uh, you know, you get, you get surrounded by your own ideas too long and you'll, you'll stagnate. Mm -hmm. You know, as great as you can be, you are still just you. Mm -hmm. And you bring in the rest of the world into your creative process, and you're going to enlarge your creative process. So, you know, getting out. I, I'm pretty damn sure that everybody who makes films does it because they've loved films all their life. Right. And they've watched them. Mm -hmm. And they have that warehouse of knowledge coming from everybody. Right. And I guess the worst mistake is to, okay. That's what brought you here. You get into making films, and then you you build some kind of a shell around you, and you you limit yourself to yourself, and your art is going to suffer right away. So you got to stay out there. You got to keep fresh. You got to keep learning. You got to keep moving. Got to keep watching. Right. Got to keep going to other people's films, mm -hmm. and uh, you know broaden your horizons. So uh, I think it's a great medium for people in the visual arts to just explore their full potential and mm -hmm. every possibility and to go beyond uh, even your own limits maybe come back a little bit to work well within your limits but right. test yourself prove yourself and expand that's, that's good okay well I want to ask you a couple of things about maybe when starting out in films I mean there's such a wide array of th options for the starting filmmaker now, like you said, you know, getting cheap digital cameras like a red camera or what have you. Like, what what type of equipment would you recommend for someone who has <coughs> just had an idea for a long time and just wants to give it a shot? You know, as we speak right now, it's it's, it's making another leap forward. Mm -hmm. And you know, if we were to talk next year at this time, it would be doing the same thing. So. I am not up 100% on everything that's new, but mm -hmm. Canon and Nikon and the DSLR market are coming out with, I think Canon's coming out with something pretty pretty much near 4K. Right. Red quality, 36 mm -hmm. megapixels and, uh, you know, the lenses, everything is, 
that was just still photography that you know ventured into the, the motion picture market is now leaning more and more towards uh, I guess the 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 ergonomics on the cameras and the uh, ability of the sensors and everything to to just make better and better uh, moving images right and uh, faster processors so you don't have that lean mm -hmm. on a quick pan with a DSLR right I'd say it really depends on what type of project that, that you're tackling um, the first thing you'll notice with a digital SLR and you know a few handful of lenses mm -hmm. is is the increased ability to work with a, a wide variety of, of layout and lighting and to control the focus mm -hmm. to create the uh, is it brocade right. where the background's out of focus and and you can center the attention right on your subject matter uh, you'll you'll learn to love that you'll learn to hate it too when you miss when you're out of focus right. but there's times for the you know $275 GoPro that you can stick on the windshield of a car and, and follow someone down the street or catch a you know a wide shot and then there's you know the camcorder where you know maybe it has a video look maybe too much is in focus maybe right but it's so light and you know easy to use that you know when you don't have a full film crew somebody pulling focus somebody mm -hmm. you know measuring, moving, watching, lighting, everything, you know, exquisitely, that that might be your best bet because so many shoot very exquisite images and, you know, you, you can see the detail. Mm -hmm. Detail is another one of those things that you're going to love and you're going to hate because it is going to bring forth every detail, good or bad. Right. And, uh, you know, you're going to see things that you wouldn't have seen a few years ago, that extension cord you didn't cover up that was holding <laughs> the light in the corner right. and so on. And you're going to learn why there are makeup artists and, and you know, you're going to learn that some of your friends don't even know how to shave. And uh, <laughs> it just, it tells you everything about your picture. That's good, that's bad. Um, I think people need to look around. You don't have to purchase. Mm -hmm. equipment you can you know if your budget is zero you can borrow you can you know ex barter yeah uh, if you have a small budget and you have great ideas you can rent mm -hmm. and you can rent just about everything and it's reasonably priced uh, you can buy a six thousand dollar DSLR that'll last several years mm -hmm. and do an excellent job but you know, in several years, the technology is going to be so advanced. Right. You might consider that twelve hundred dollar DSLR that maybe isn't built as strong and as tough, but pretty much has the same technical capabilities as the you know high end model. Right. Uh, so you do have to spend a lot of time reading, mm -hmm. uh, reading your your peers' reviews of items, what worked well, and that's the beauty of the internet. The mm -hmm. Uh, forums that you can get involved in and maybe even just lurk around reading what everyone else says right. you can learn a lot you can go online and there are you know professional review sites for every camera and uh, you know with a few hours into it you'll learn which review sites are actually paid by the manufacturers to say what they're saying <laughs> right. and which ones are actually giving you the truth and there's 
so much good technology out there, you know, it's, it's just impossible to keep up with. Right. Again, uh, I, I remember just a few weeks ago looking at some of the new cameras coming out thinking, wow, 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 wow. And once again, I found myself saying, I could spend my whole day just keeping up with this part. Uh -huh. You know, Bolex has a, a digital out now, uh, and uh, there's there's so many coming out with great ability. I mean, we could shoot someone standing in front of the sunlit door mm -hmm. and still get the detail behind them right. with some of these new cameras. So it's wonderful. Uh, film is going through a struggle in Hollywood right now. Mm -hmm. uh, people have proclaimed the death of film because of the digital takeover. Right. And others have, you know, stood firm uh, saying, no, film will not die, not yet. Right. Because digital doesn't have this look. Mm -hmm. um, I think both are right. Yeah. It all depends on what you want to portray. We know films that we can probably think of or, or in our own minds right now that just would have never looked right on yeah. the digital technology of today. And, and on the other hand, we can think of films that you know had that digital look that just worked well for them, uh -huh. and that would have never you know would have been a waste to shoot 35 millimeter right. film. So you know, there's a time and place for everything. Mm -hmm. The lower your budget, the more attention you have to put into you know picking and choosing what is right for the the concept you want to bring across. Right. So that you're not wasting your time or your budget. And uh, if all else fails. You don't even have the money to think straight. Just do it. You know, there's more than enough people out there that will be willing <laughs> to tell you what you did wrong afterwards. Uh -huh. And you're going to look back on on your film anyhow. I don't care how excellent you think it is right now. In six months, you're going to look back on it and, and you know see your mistakes because you've grown. Right. And uh, so you know the process of doing it is going to be the best education you can get. And your mistakes are going to be inspiration to somebody else. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, look what that guy tried to do. He didn't do it too well. I could do that. Yeah. Somebody's going to do it. Your uh, achievements are going to inspire people. Wow, look at, look at the film this guy made with a you know, $800 camcorder. Right. I could do that. Yeah. And so just get out there and do it. Mm -hmm. That's the, the best advice. And I know we keep coming back to that. But yeah. No, I think the transition from having nothing to having anything at all makes that second pass that much easier, you know? Yeah. To put it in a much more boring setting, like at work, if you've never run a certain report before, that first time is really hard, but the second time, you're like, oh, well, I need to tweak this and that. And, you, uh, you do anything ten times, and mm -hmm. you suddenly find out you can do it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a matter of practice, mm -hmm. and uh, I guess... Realistic practices in the doing. Yeah. There's nothing to replace it. Yeah. So another general question I would have about, you know, making a, a film that doesn't just star, you know, your friends from high school or whatever. Um, this might be a little bit different in L.A. or in Austin or a New York, New York market, but how do you approach casting if you need someone else? You know? My first film, and, and probably a lot of people were like this, as you wrote it, you automatically put people you knew into it uh -huh. because that's what you were basing your story on you know the characters the types and I found myself like thinking wow I want this character to be like so and so uh -huh. and so then I started looking well what I wonder if so and so can act 
because uh-huh. that's who I wrote it. You know, so you ask around, you find out right away who can act and who can't. In Hollywood, uh, we're fortunate because we've gathered people mm-hmm. interested in that industry all in, and it's a tiny community out there. Mm-hmm. It's not like you think. Um, and there's a lot of you know great talent just concentrated there. Right. Um, I've done casting off Craigslist. I've mm-hmm. done casting with a casting call. You can work with, uh, I guess, SEG-AFTRA has merged now, mm-hmm. the two unions. And you can work with them, and they, they have a program for low budget, super low budget, and uh, for people who really just want to, you know, put in the effort to get the experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a lot of people tell me that, you know, the unions muck it up for the brand new independence because it, they make the cost too high. Right. They, they don't necessarily. They're, they have, you know, built-in workarounds for mm-hmm. people who are, you know, making a film out of nothing who want to use, you know, an actor who might be in the industry and in the union but not actually working. There's a lot right. of people that could really stand to be doing a lot of more, lot more work. And uh, so there's ways around it. Uh, sometimes in Hollywood, because of the industry being centralized there, it creates more problems for the first-time filmmaker because he's held to such a higher standard on everything, including, you know, what you're able to pay for. Right. You can't go down a street to some old crappy-looking motel mm-hmm. in Hollywood and say, hey, can I shoot in one of your rooms? It's perfect for it because uh-huh. they've heard this a hundred times. So they're going to say, certainly, <laughs> seven fifty a day. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it would have been better just to not say anything, rent the room for $36, and <laughs> shoot Gorilla. Right. But, uh, and then, in, again, in the Hollywood LA area, uh, there's permits required for everything because that's how that area makes their money. So you uh-huh. can't run down to the camera with, or to the beach with five people and shoot a scene on the beach mm-hmm. because you're going to be you know, stopped in a minute and say, where's your permits? Uh-huh. Uh, whereas maybe here in Plano, Texas, or somewhere in your community, wherever that is, mm-hmm. you can, you know, talk to the people that run the high school, and they'll make it so that you can use the gymnasium for a shot, right. or, you know, set up a studio, or you can use, sure, you can use my, come into the bar before we open, mm-hmm. and you can shoot your scene here on a Saturday, right. you know, uh, and, and, you know, you have, so sometimes, you know, the distance that you find yourself from Hollywood is going to be an asset to you, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be surprised. You can find, you know who the actors are, you know the friends of yours who are performers, uh-huh. the ones who every Christmas, you know, perform something in front of the, for the family when they were three years old, the girls that, that know where, you know, every fingertip is when they're posing for a picture. Uh-huh. I mean, you can, you can find these people. There are, you know, natural born performers and they're out there. Uh, and uh, you'll be surprised during a reading. Yeah, I want to touch on readings because mm-hmm. in the process of filming, uh, sometimes the first time the whole crew and cast will get together is at the reading. When you go over the script, you sit down at somebody's dining room table or in the basement, or and you, you, you read your parts together. Mm-hmm. Uh, by this time, in the process, people should know their lines pretty much. Yep. Yeah, they're going to be reading them, maybe not memory, but they should be familiar with them. They should be, they should already have created their character in their mind. And you sit at this table, and it's your first time all together, so it's your, you know, you're becoming acquainted, and you're, everyone's a little nervous and wondering, you know. And then you get into that script, and you start reading it, and it's, it's 
it's like a rehearsal and you glean off of everyone mm -hmm. uh, and you learn and you get to watch it's great for the director mm -hmm. it's great for the the, the DP who mm -hmm. can be sitting there watching this thinking about well I know how I'm going to shoot this dude look at that face you uh -huh. know or something like that uh, and uh, it's it's wonderful for the actors and you'll, you'll see you know, the director will see you know who's going to need assistance right who's better left alone <laughs> you know as I found myself directing many times uh, I had it all figured out mm -hmm. I knew exactly how I was going to shoot it exactly how they were going to say it and I got on set and the actors showed me different mm -hmm. you know, and I was like wow that's way better than what I had in mind right so you know you get to work with uh, people and learn from each other and you know keep your feet on the ground mm -hmm. um, we're all just people that doesn't make that person better than you and it certainly doesn't make you better than them mm -hmm. and let's try to contain our egos and work together as a creative and cohesive unit and you'd be amazed at how far that unit will go together because the synergy, the ability, the power of that group is so much greater than any one person alone. Right. And that's what comes out in film because that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what about, um, what about payrolls? Is that something that you tend to you agree on? while you're talking to taking the job or you should agree on this up front everything should be up front and paperwork saves broken hearts later <laughs> right it does but your first films are most likely going to be you know I need, I just need you to to volunteer and do this for free right you know I'll, I'll bring donuts that's about <laughs> as much as I can offer and uh, those days are the easy days mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, personalities are different. I can't do that more than once. Uh -huh. I feel like you know I can I can ask a friend for a favor, mm -hmm. but when you go back the second time and say I'm doing another movie, mm -hmm. you worked for me free last time, or you worked for me uh, then no, I'm like that's <laughs> that's not right. I don't right. want to be that guy. Right. So you know you want to find ways to reward them, mm -hmm. and uh, someone who's trying to break into acting, one of the best rewards they can have is something so they're real. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be very interested in working with you and, and probably uh, very willing to work for free, mm -hmm. for copying credit. Right. That's something everybody promises and I'm going to say 20% deliver on. Mm -hmm. So you know, when you tell your friends and associates and people you just met that you're shooting a movie and would they please be in it for copying credit, please give them <laughs> right. the copy and the credit yeah. and, and don't do it two years later. Yeah. Do it while it's something that they can still use. Uh, Hollywood, I said this before, is a small community, mm -hmm. and if you, you know, if you if you abuse somebody in Hollywood, it gets around fast. Mm -hmm. And if you do a good job, it gets around fast. If you suck, uh -huh. it gets around fast. That's you've heard it said. I don't know how many times, you know, actors have a tough life. We think it's all you know glitz and glory, but they're only as good as their last film. Right. In a lot of ways, that's true. Not with just the actors, but everyone in the production crew. You know, if you have a bad day, mm -hmm. and I don't care if you're Batman and you rant and rave <laughs> on stage and somebody <laughs> catches it on their iPhone uh -huh. and puts it on YouTube, or worse than that, the producers notice it, or you've cost somebody money by slowing a production down, 
you're remembered for that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is even going to overshadow whatever talent you brought to the group. So the best thing you can do in Hollywood, and if you, if you want to come to Hollywood and try it, is <coughs> have a great work ethic, mm -hmm. a great attitude, be on set, be on time mm -hmm. on set, and uh, be the guy that says, I can more often than the guy that says, I can't do that. It's not my job. And uh, if you, you know, alleviate headaches rather than create them, that's going to be, you know, a good asset to have in your pocket mm -hmm. uh, because there are more than enough headaches that come with filmmaking. Right. And it's, it's such a complicated and, and vast, uh, you know, array, array of issues and problems that uh, if you can solve one, you're an asset on set so I don't even remember where we're at on this question <laughs> well, I think we're still good on time you've got a, a car at 9 right yeah I'll, I'll be heading to the airport and <coughs> back home yep. well how'd that festival do and uh, how'd your broadcast go were you able to get it uh, finally got the broadcast put back together didn't have a whole bunch of people just people lurking on Facebook you know late at night that came on but Exposure is exposure, so yeah, and it's recorded and out on the Ustream, so people can go back and watch it later too. Oh, so. really? Yeah. Gabe is. Uh, I, I explained to him, you know, that this was a small pond, uh -huh. and uh, he didn't care. Yeah. He was like, you know, it it is what it is. But he used your words, exposure is exposure, uh -huh. and uh, I really encourage you to do this again next year because absolutely. Uh, people are going to hit this harder next yeah. year. No, and, I, uh, absolutely. You know, I talked to people after the film night and everyone who did show up was blown away. They're like, this was you know, an amazing amount of fun. You know, all the movies were great. You know, um, people were surprised at how much fun they had, even with that, you know, intimate group we had. So yeah. I feel that, you know, even if I didn't get a huge turnout, each person that now is looking for the next time around, that's an investment. Right, exactly. The and they're gonna you know, they're gonna tell a few people, they're gonna tell a few people. And that's a great facility. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. so glad they worked with you and were affordable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um no, and, you I, know, it wasn't even that terribly expensive to do, you know. Yeah. The total out of pocket, I was under a thousand bucks, so it's not something that if it's an idea that you want to do, it's not cost prohibitive. That's that's excellent. Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do for underground. So yeah, great. So I'm a big uh, believer that you should always start with thanks. So thank you very much for coming out. I think it was an amazing show of support. Well, thank you for having us. And uh, thanks for sitting down and talking with us and My sharing some of your knowledge with everybody. So I appreciate that. I'm sharing what someone gave me. You know? <laughs> They either gave it to me or I took it when they weren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright. Nice to meet with you, Travis. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was it. I hope you enjoyed that. I'll say once again, thank you, Tom, very much. Uh, your support was amazing and very appreciated. So, uh, thank you once again. Um, next time, we'll have a state of the effort type podcast. I have a couple of things I want to talk about, some new things we're going to try, and a lot of good stuff hopefully coming in the future. So check you then. Peace.